We're going to read Ephesians starting in chapter 4, starting, starting in verse 17. Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus and he says this, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separate from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality as to it, so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, is, that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard of your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. Do something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Father, we thank you this morning. We pray that you'd renew our minds, that you change us because we're here together looking into your word. We pray that we'd be sensitive to your Holy Spirit, not hard-hearted this morning. Do the work in us that you intended to do this morning. In Christ's name we pray and everybody said, Amen and amen. All right, you may be seated. Look at your neighbor and say, don't get mad at me. Some of you might have walked in here mad. Um, I, um, I come from a long line of quick tempers. I could tell you stories of um, on my father's side that might make your head spin. I know everybody's got crazy family, but um, mine is exceptional. <laughs> and exceptional as far as um, uh, how anger can plummet an individual into, um, into uh, a life that is not productive. And... Um, uh, there have been seasons in my life where I had to recognize that I was um, maybe not carrying it on the same way. I wasn't beating my wife or my kids. And just so you're clear, this was a couple generations ago. This wasn't, they're like, oh, his dad's so mean. No, that's not true. Um, but I, was, I, I, I learned how to express it covertly. Am I being honest about that? All right, just check. Check my gauge over here. No. 
Paul is writing to the Ephesians and he says, listen, you, the Gentiles are actually, he, he says they're ignorant about things because of the hardness of their heart. They've lost all sensitivity to God. And the hardness of their heart basically turned them over to all kinds of sensual indulgence. And, and indulgence. And, and it was, and Paul's saying, listen, you, you don't act like that. Don't, don't go back into that. And I started thinking about the sensitivity to God in my life and how there's been times where I had an ear to listen and there was times where I didn't have an ear to listen. And whatever circumstance I was in, if I didn't listen well, then typically the circumstance went the, went the wrong direction. My heart would get hardened towards advice that people were giving me. And I would say, well, this is... Uh, I'm justified in this. this is the way I'm going to do it. And I want to do it this way. And, and God would, God would maybe a lot of times speak through people and I would ignore it. And then my heart would be hardened. Well, you can say, man, you walk down the same steps that I have. And I would end up being ignorant because of the path, that trajectory. And so what I'm going to ask you to do this morning is to lean in and and receive because uh, I'm going to preach to me and I think it'll help you. <laughs> See how I did that? That's less offensive. That's way less offensive. He says, um, their hardened hearts have made their thinking futile. They lost all sensitivity to God and they indulged in every kind of impurity and they were greedy. Do you like how Paul adds that on the end? It was about getting what they wanted at the end of the day. And he compares that, he contrasts that with the way Gentiles are living with the way the Ephesian church was taught. He says, you weren't taught to live that way. And he reminds them that they were taught to put off all those old things and and put on the righteousness of Christ. Put on, put on what God had for them. And the and the thing he says is that he wants them to be made new in their minds. So remember, we're talking about the battleground, right? He says to be made new in the attitude of your minds and put on the new self. Where's the new self start? Right up here. Right up here. If you want to be new, it's got to start here. Putting new clothes on doesn't change the way you think. It doesn't. Buying a new pair of shoes doesn't change the way you think. It may change the way you feel for a little bit, but it's not going to change the way you process things. It's not going to change the way you think about life. So he says that you have to change up here to be made new in the attitude of your minds. So then he adds in there, therefore each of you must put off falsehood, speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. All right. Now he's quoting, I believe it's Psalm 4, 4 there. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now, that foothold thing there is important. Because Paul is talking to a church that he believes has been made new. You weren't taught the way 
the Gentiles are taught. You're taught the righteousness of Christ. You're put off the old self, put on the new. Old things pass away, all things become new. Now you're a child of God. Now you don't keep doing the old things you used to do. So it's like kicking the devil in the teeth. And then he says, don't be angry and sin. Don't let the sun go down your anger. And then he, makes, then he says this statement. And don't give the devil a foothold. If you look up a foothold... It means just that. Someplace I can get traction. Someplace I can get traction. So Paul's saying, listen, if you put off all that old sin, if you put off the devil, if you put off all that old stuff, then don't, don't do things that are going to then give him a foothold. Don't do things that are going to give him a traction in your life. Like if, if the devil is free climbing up your life and you've kicked them down don't give them a place to get a foothold to climb back up amen yeah. that's stupid <laughs> Paul didn't say that that was me <laughs> don't don't give him some place to grab onto because here's what I found about Satan he's got really strong grip you give him a foothold he could get his foot planted in it it's gonna be hard to shake him again. So he says, if you've done if you've done all this stuff already, don't give him that foothold. So I started looking, started looking at my life. I started looking at how how does this thing work? And I realized that Paul is quoting here, he says, Be angry, but do not sin. And I thought, thank you, Lord, I can be angry. <laughs> thank you, Lord. That's a good thing. Because I got some reasons. <laughs> Let's face it, anger is a real emotion, just like love is a real emotion. It's something we have the capacity to feel. You realize if you read the Old Testament, you should go back and you can do a word search and find there's tons and tons and tons of places in the Old Testament where God was angry. The wrath of God. It even says he was specifically angry about some things. I think you can make the case in the New Testament that Jesus was angry. All four Gospels make an account of Jesus walking into the temple and flipping over tables. And we're going to get to that in a second. If you say you never get angry, you're probably a liar. (laughs) That was strong. Okay, let me back up a little bit. If you say you never get angry, you're probably confusing something. You're probably confusing with the way you express anger. You say, I don't get angry. What you're saying is, if I'm angry, it doesn't look like what other people look like. You still get angry. So just because, just because it doesn't look like the guy flipping out doesn't mean it's not sin. Now I got everybody in the room. I like to get everybody on the same, same level and then we can deal with it. Because some of you self-righteous people come in here every week like, I don't deal with that. <laughs> mm, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So if you say you never get angry, it's not that you don't get angry. It's that you don't express it the way everybody else does. Or the way your spouse does. Or the way your boss does. Or the, you, just, you, just, you, have a, you have a, well, I can just hold it in. 
The issue is you won't talk to somebody for a week. Try to tell me that ain't sin. Well, I just hold it in. I don't talk to anybody. Yeah. At least I know when the other guy's angry. You just walk around saying nothing. All right. So anger doesn't have to look the same to be sin. Now, I've been married. Beth and I have been together 23 years. And she has rarely ever seen me flip out. Is that true? Very rarely ever flip out. But I can go a long time not say anything. That was a little aggressive right there. I think I was aggressive. So what I, what I've, what I started figuring out was I, I'm not the flip out guy. I, I've done it occasionally over the last 20 some years. And I know everybody has their breaking point. And, uh, and I've found where mine is. Um, and I try to be sensitive to God and realize when it's getting there. And I go to, uh, I actually, uh, a couple years ago flipped out one time and I, and I had an appointment scheduled with my counselor uh, right after that, and I went in and told him. I was like, dude, I flipped out last week. He's like, well, tell me about it. And uh, <laughs> so I was just like, this is what happened. This is what I was <laughs> So what I said was, I, he totally shocked me because he said, I want to make sure you're angry about the right thing. And I was like, you mean I can be angry? So, um, cause I thought I had apologized for what I'd done and I was conveying to him that I wanted him to know upfront that I'd apologize cause it would make me look better. I wanted to make sure he knew that after I flipped out and couldn't control myself that I had sent, that I had since went back the same day and apologized for it. And I wanted to make sure he knew that upfront so that when he judged me, he knew that I had already apologized. But his words shocked me, and I didn't know how to respond. He said, what did you apologize for? I said, what do you mean? I flipped out. Yeah, but why'd you flip out? And I started telling him why I flipped out, and he goes, okay, well, you shouldn't have done that. But I just just want you to know that anger is a useful emotion at times. It is. Keep talking. I'll write this down, take it home. So, um, so it started, I started thinking differently about it. So my knee jerk, as far as me being angry though, is, is, is to, is to bottle it up. And my wife lovingly calls me the stonewaller because I can go for a long time and talk not, and not talk about it and just be mad inside. And so, so if I'm not talking to you, no, it's not that reason. It's not that. Don't, don't read into things. That's just for spouses. So what I, what I had to realize was that the way I express anger, albeit not extreme, was still sin. Come on. Because there was people on the other end of my anger who were being impacted by it. So I'm not carrying on the lineage of beating my wife and kids, but I'm carrying on a lineage of not talking to them. So I could control the outburst, but I couldn't control the anger. 
I'm hoping I'm rounding up everybody in this. So what happens is I have to realize that it's the anger. It's not just the result of the, it's not just how I express the anger. It's the anger in and of itself. So, so I have to ask myself, if I'm allowed to be angry, why am I allowed to be angry? If Paul says to be angry and sin not, to, to, to be angry and don't sin, don't let, your, don't let the sun go down in your anger. He's saying deal with it. If God was angry and we'll find out Jesus was angry, then, then what are the reasons I can be angry? Because I want to know because it's fun and it's exciting. <laughs> so why? Why am I angry? So let's talk about how anger happens. Something happens, right? It always happens. Something will happen. Driving down the road, somebody cuts you off. And, uh, and you have a reaction to that, right? On the horn. And you give them the thing. And you're on the horn. You're yelling at them. And you're doing all this stuff. And, and, um, and then let's say you pull into Lowe's parking lot right after it happens. And you see your buddy. And, uh, and, 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 and by the way, I, I read an article on uh, psychology today that, that said this. That uh, your brain has a knee-jerk response to anger emotion to justify it without you even having to think about it. Isn't that awesome? It's like coming up with an excuse without the work. So your brain will actually make an excuse for you. And so you'll feel a sense of justification immediately. They cut me off. That's why I'm angry. So I'm acting out like this because they cut me off. I don't even have to think about it. It just automatically happens. Thank God for that. No, don't. That's sin. That's this impact of sin. So what happens is, is then I stop. I pull into the parking lot of wherever I'm going. And I see a friend of mine. And what happens? How you doing today, man? Dude, that guy cut me off. I about, man, I about come unglued. I beat my horn at him. Made sure I didn't have my fish sticker on. And I gave him the something. Make sure I wasn't driving my wife's car. You know what I'm saying? About all the I love Jesus and stuff. And what does your friend say? I wish I was in the car with you. We could have both gave it to him, man. That's crazy. People around here drive crazy. How many of you like to vent to other people? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. You like to vent. Come on, raise them high. Let's be proud of something. All right, you like to vent to other people. Now watch this, watch this. Studies have shown venting does absolutely nothing. Not true. No, 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 no. Listen. Here's what, here's what venting does to you. It encourages the same behavior because you only vent to people that will reinforce what you're venting. Because you never go to people and say to them, I just, that guy cut me off and I gave him the what for it. And they go, you know what? You were acting a bit irrational there. You don't talk to people that way. You, you only, we only go to people who were back up the reason we're upset about something. We're, we're, we're kind of picky about the people we vent to. Because the old saying is true. Misery sure does love some company. But what's Paul say? Paul says don't talk like that to each other. 
He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building up others according to their needs. That it may benefit those who listen. Now, now compare that with what he says up here. The Gentiles, they have futility of thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separate from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts, having lost all sensitivity. So you know what he's saying? He's saying you become hardened because you lost sensitivity hearing what God is saying to you. And so nothing changes. It gets harder and harder and harder. And so what do we do? Our knee-jerk reaction is to justify. We don't have to work at it. Justify why we're upset and then go talk to people who will reinforce that justification. Yeah, they deserved it. Yeah. Yeah, do you want any help? What? What if we started venting to people that would say, hey, listen, you know there's a better way to do that. Um, I try to go to a guy every month that I sit in front of and I say, hey, I blew up. I shouldn't have done it or I did this. I did and he goes, well, there's a better, you know, did you think about this? No. That's what I'm paying you for. <laughs> Can we surround ourselves with people who will speak to the righteousness of God in us and not to the sin? Can you surround yourself with people that when you have a moment like that and you begin to do the knee jerk and and justify and all that stuff that they'll look at you and go, hey, listen, man. Did you think about this? Did you think about that? Now, you came to church this morning voluntarily. And that's what's happening. Now watch. So, the, so whether you're flipping out or whether you're just not talking or, or, you're, or you're not responding to people or you're not, it doesn't get you off the hook. It's just as important. It's just as much sin. And so the anger in us, we realize it and we, we rationalize it and we talk to other people and they rationalize it and we get in this whirlwind. I end up continuing to be angry because I got reinforcement from the person I was talking to. And then I stay angry until I do something. And Paul says, don't let the sun go down on that. He says, man, you got to deal with it quick. Because what did he say? Don't give the devil You know what the, my, the, the image I get in my head when I think about that is the longer we stay mad about something, we're actually the one with the pickaxe down the, down the rock wall digging it out for him. Tink, tink, tink. What are you doing? Giving the devil some place to stand. <laughs> so the question is, why am I angry? Why am I angry? Why am I angry? Let's read. Let's read about Jesus. Mark 11, 15 through 18. It says, On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. As he taught them, he said, Is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. 
As soon as he said it, the chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him, because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. Now, I know some of you like the gentle lamb holding Jesus. He's always got a picture of him sitting around with kids and holding a lamb, which is weird. (laughs) Who holds sheep? So you like that gentle Jesus that never gets, you know, there's never any conflict. The gentle Jesus that always has a little pat on the back for you. You're fine. That, That gentle Jesus did not walk in and flip tables over. He didn't walk in and go, oh, excuse me, Mr. Dove selling guy. I'm going to, if you don't mind backing out, I'm going to flip your table over here. It's time to cleanse the temple. <laughs> you guys are doing bad things, and I just want to recognize that you're bad, and we shouldn't be doing this in here. So if you don't mind stepping away and making some room, I'd like to flip over your dove table. Mm-mm. I believe it's John's account that says he fashioned a whip. Um, I can imagine a Jesus that was furious. He walked in and saw something that God, his father had created to have communion with his creation. And they had turned it in to a blasphemous act. Now, now let me say this, church. It was all done out of, out of the idea of convenience. Because isn't it more convenient to be able to go into the temple courts and buy your sacrifice and get an already approved, as seen on TV sacrifice? <laughs> an already approved one, you know. Wouldn't it be better if you could go in and get your money exchanged right there? You know, I live in Rome and I've got this, I've got this type of money, so now I'm going to go in and get the right temple type money and, and I can exchange it right there. Only any time money is being exchanged anywhere, it seems like corruption can follow it. And that's what you were finding there. Corruption. So you can imagine Jesus' mentality of knowing that should have been a house of prayer and hearing animals and all kinds of people walking around and they had actually made that place a shortcut to get to somewhere else. They turned it in just another street. Jesus walks in the triumphal entry. He comes into Jerusalem. Everybody's cheering. He goes to the temple. It's not what it's supposed to be. I can't stand for this, not what it was supposed to be. My father's house will be a house of prayer. That's what it's my this house was designed to be a house of prayer. I won't tolerate it anymore. And a righteous anger filled his body and he walked in and created chaos. You can't flip a table over with animals on it and not have some chaos. I don't there wasn't a warning put out five minutes before he came in saying, Hey, get ready, Jesus is coming. It says he went in and started flipping tables over. Could you imagine doves flying all over the place and other animals in chaos? He's just flipping tables over. You've turned this into a den of robbers. Can you imagine the shock on people's faces? This is Jesus. He just rolled in on like a colt yesterday, like a little donkey. People putting palm branches down. The little gentle, meek, and mild guy. Now there's a reason to be angry. 
Now James, James tells us, now let, let me back up a second. I, I've looked over my life. It took about 45 seconds. Because <laughs> my wife will tell you I don't remember a lot. Um, I, I was trying to find specific times where I had righteous anger. I was trying to like, hey man, can I think of, can I think of a, the top 10 list where times where Chris was righteously angry? I, I found that I was more angry the way James describes it, actually. I found out when I started looking at things that James describes in chapter 4. Verse 1 of James, it says, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Do they, do they come from your desires? Don't they come from the desires of battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. And when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And I started thinking about the two ways I could be angry and I could be angry like Jesus, a righteous indignation because people weren't, were using something God intended for the wrong purpose and, and it was holy and Jesus never sinned. Jesus flipped over tables in the temple and never sinned. Wow! Give me some of that anger. And then I compared my life to it and I went, most of my anger is because I didn't get what I wanted. I'm going to tell you that right now. Most of my, I had this happen yesterday morning. (laughs) Just got quiet. I just got quiet. I'm thinking about my sermon. I'm like, Chris, just back the backhoe back up in there and just dug the devil another foothold. You got to preach on this tomorrow. Stop being an idiot. (laughs) So. Then the scary thing happened because here, because I'll be honest with you, we we uh, we try to pray together every morning before we leave because, um, well, I believe it works. I believe He will keep Him in perfect peace. His mind is stayed on Him. If we can start out the morning and uh, before we get mad at each other, and we can just start praying together, and we can just start bringing the kids in, uh, then it might not happen later. You know what I'm saying? Um, so what? what So we'll pray this in the mornings. We'll pray, direct our steps. We trust you with what's coming today. We know you'll provide for us. We know you are providing for us. We know you're going to prosper us. We know we know your plan is good and no one can thwart it. Lord, direct our steps today. Give us courage to do your will. And here's what I believe God showed me. He said, Chris, when you're mad about not getting what you want, you're not mad at people. You're mad at me. How can you pray every morning for me to direct your steps and then get angry that you're not getting what you want? And I went, I'm a little sensitive today, God. Like, I, don't, I don't understand why you're angry. How do I wake up every morning and pray, Lord, direct my steps. I trust you with what's coming. And then when it comes, I get angry about it. Because I'm not getting what I want. 
I started thinking about it with this building process and how many times I've gotten upset. I'm not yelling and screaming at anybody, but I'm angry inside. I'm like, Yo, they can't do that to us. <laughs> and yet God keeps the timeline. So I'm realizing that, I'm telling you, this is so fresh for me. <laughs> Probably should have waited a week. <laughs> I'm realizing that that I'm actually angry with the trajectory of my life that God is laying out in front of me. Because if somebody took advantage of, of me, God knew it was going to happen. God, direct my steps, now I'm angry about my steps. I'm angry that somebody else, some other Gentile who is not living, uh, who has not been taught what... What I've been taught, whose heart's hard, I'm angry that somebody else would have the audacity to pull out in front of me. Angry about that, Lord. So um, so here's what I realized. There's not too many times in my life that I've had righteous indignation, that I've had righteous anger. That's actually the litmus test. Am I angry about something God would actually be angry at? Because here's what I figured out. Jesus walked into the temple and flipped tables over, but he walked to the cross and never said anything. He walked into the temple flipping tables over, causing chaos. And yet when he was going to the cross, when you and I would be angry about how, how the injustice of perse- persecuting and prosecuting me without reason. How, how can we go through the court system and me get blamed for something? I'm the son of God. How can this happen? He said nothing. That's when I would have been flipping tables over. Not in the temple. I'd have been like, oh man, it's fine. Now you're going to prosecute me and I didn't deserve it? Now we're going to start getting some yelling and screaming. But Jesus was the exact opposite. He walked in the temple, flipped tables over, walked to the cross, said nothing. What should I be angry about? I'm finding out that if it's got something to do with me getting what I want, I should probably chill a little bit. Because God is directing my steps. He provides according to his riches and glory. He's the one orchestrating my life. He's the one giving me strength. He's the one giving me what I need. He's the one providing. What am I upset about? Am I upset about the same thing? Am I, or am I, doing, am I doing the thing that James talked about? I'm just upset because I'm not getting what I want and, and I'm fighting with people and angry. All the... So watch this. A couple of things I need you to do to calm this down. Is that you're going to get angry about the same thing tomorrow. I'm just letting you know. You're not going to come to one church service. Hear a sermon and go. Oh I'm not mad anymore. Ever. I'm just, I'm just not angry. It's crazy. It's been something they put in the coffee. When I walked out. I just. Whew. Never works that way. You're going to get mad about the same exact thing tomorrow. Before you leave the church. You're going to look over at your spouse. And go, Don't justify it. Don't let your brain justify it. Don't don't just go, I I deserve it. Don't justify it. Compare it. Use the litmus test. Compare it. God, am I angry for something you'd be angry about right now? And then learn, and then we, we learn how to control 
this thing up here. And before you know it, we can train it because your mind is great at making those shortcuts. That's why you're so mad at your uncle. I don't even know what he did, but I'm sure you're mad at him. Every time he comes in the room, you're just angry. All right, there he is. What, did he do something to you? I haven't talked to him in 10 years. Well, that sounds like good enough reason to me. Let's go. Let's be angry. Our brain makes a shortcut so you can experience the emotion without anything actually happening. So watch. So you have to retrain that through, the, through Scripture. Paul is saying that that's the, that's the benefit of being with Christ, that it could renew our minds and we can re, re, rewire the way we think. So our emotions are, get caught up in that. So we can, we, can, we can stop and we can go, I'm not going to justify why I'm, up, I'm upset right now. I'm not going to justify it. I'm not going to reason it away. I'm going to compare it. I'm going to do the litmus test. Is this something God would be upset about? Or is this something James was talking about? I'm just not getting my way. So, then we get to this point. There are things we should be absolutely furious about. Do you realize the American church has more resources than any church in the history of humankind? Do you, do you imagine if we pulled our energy together, the things we could accomplish? If, if we were righteously angry about things that are happening in our world, what we could do about it. I started thinking about list. I thought back to uh, two years ago when I was in Kenya. I was standing in a village, and the guy I was standing with has been going to Kenya about 30 years. And um, we're in a village. Uh, 90% of the homes in there have no electricity, uh, using outhouses, contaminated water. Pastor Don's been there with me, and um, he experienced a little bit of contaminated water. In that country, it's not clean. It's not good. And um, there's the kids running around. Of course, as soon as you pull a cell phone out, you start videoing or anything, kids are like right in front of you. And uh, uh, it's just cool. And the guy looked at me and said, see the color of that kid's hair? I said, yeah. He said, that's because he's malnourished. And in preparing for the sermon, I thought to myself, I don't remember being angry about that. How in 2018 somebody's not getting enough to eat? I'm not talking about poverty like you can't buy the latest iPhone or they're going to cut your cable off. I'm talking about it's 2018 and the church and the church as a whole is not angry about people starving. I'm talking about 2018 and the church as a whole is not angry about human trafficking. I'm talking about 2018 and the church as a whole is not angry about abortion. 2018 and the church as a whole is not angry about injustice. 2018 and the church as a whole is not angry about the things that God is angry about. We're angry because we're not getting our way. I thought, Lord, help us be mad about the right thing. Help us to be angry. And then I started thinking, if we all got mad about the same thing and all gave the devil the big thing, I'm giving you a foothold you better get back down that mountain you're not doing this anymore in our communities 
I think, I think it's going to take the church getting angry about addiction before anything happens. I think it's going to take us getting angry before anything happens. Because right now we're still angry about what we're not getting. About how it impacts us. About am I getting what I want? And I'm looking around going, if we were all mad about the things God's mad about, if you're all mad about it, we could have some flip over table days where we actually put action with our anger. Listen, there are organizations right now, the A21 campaign is one of them, where they will go out. I've, I've read books about where they will go out and kick in doors to rescue women from trafficking. <clears throat> She'd be angry about that. Should be angry, a righteous anger. So today, when I'm looking at what I'm angry about, when I'm looking at what I was mad about yesterday, that was that was close, wasn't it? When I'm looking at what I was mad about three days ago, four days ago, none of it was righteous. It just wasn't. Not one thing of it was. And so. Um, so I come to a place in my life where I say, God, help me to control those things that James talks about. And let me realize that when I'm not getting what I want, I may be getting what you want me to have. And let me be content, as Paul says, with having a little and having a lot. Let me just be content in life and let me steer my anger towards things that will change humanity. Let me steer my anger to things that you're mad about. Let me steer my anger towards things that will rescue people. Let me steer my anger towards things that will change people's lives forever, change people's destinies. And my prayer is that we as a church could be gracious and loving and peaceful until we run up against things that anger God. And as a church, we could stand up and say, you're not going to treat people like that. We're going to make sure they're taken care of. We're going to make sure we're doing something about it. We're not going to sit idly by. Just be mad about things that go on every day. We're going to be, we're going to have this righteous anger that causes something different to happen. Amen. Amen. Why don't you stand to your feet and let's make that commitment this morning to him. Now listen, don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want you, I don't want you to push down some emotion. I don't want you to just, oh, I can't be. I want you to be mad about the right things. I want you to be mad about the right things. So every time this week, you're going to have to do that test. Ah, here it comes again. Okay. Is it about what I want or is it about what God wants? It's about what I want or is it what he's angry about? Okay. I can calm down on this and get fired up over that. Just do it every day. Because I'm going to have to retrain my brain a little bit. Just a little. <laughs> Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want, I don't want to push down an emotion that is beneficial in the right season. And we can play, we can play pacifist at church to the detriment of other people. And there are some things we should be mad about. 
So I don't want you to just wipe out anger all altogether. I want you to conjure up in your heart. I want you to listen to the voice of God and figure out what he's upset about right now around you that you could do something about. That you could walk out of this building and channel it towards something that will impact somebody else. Start teaching our kids out. If you're going to be mad about something, be mad about something that can make a difference. Be mad about something that can rescue somebody. As a church, I believe we can have a massive impact by doing that. Amen? Father, we thank you this morning. God, you've been so good to us. There's no one can doubt that. No one can argue with that, Lord. You've been so faithful and good. So, Lord, we pray. We pray, Lord, that you would would help us to reframe what anger is supposed to be used for, Lord. We could reframe it. And Lord, we wouldn't, we wouldn't carry out what James is talking about anymore. Lord, but we pray that we'd be able to see that injustice is happening all around us. The thing that Jesus died for. I pray that, that we'd be able to focus that energy of doing something that will change people's destinies. You've given us the ability. You've given us... You've given us the resources, God, and we pray that we'd be righteously mad to cause us to act. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, that we can still hear your voice, we can still be sensitive to you, and your spirit can still lead us. Lead us down this path to do something for your glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, church, give him honor and glory this morning. He's good. Amen.